Boven het zie je dat bij je met alle van bed, overtje van een blurred past to a focused future, schneien mochten de talit. We hebben de finale boven kamer yesterday, today we have the overture to boven het zie While boven het zie is een besef that deals with ownership, and more specifically with ownership that is challenged. The real topic that we're going to be working with here is when the present is blurred, how do you go into the future with clarity? That's the real underlying dynamic of this next amazing Masechta. According to some, we've got to see all of the three Bovas as one massive Masechta, Bova Kama, Bova Metzia, and Bova Basra. According to some, they're three different Masechtas. It doesn't really matter. What's interesting is that looking at Bova Metzia that way becomes incredibly relevant for the times we're in because we're living in a time where the present is completely obscure, where the present is, is unknown, where the present is, is blurred. And, and where we have no real idea about the future. So the whole question of how do you develop a future of clarity out of a present situation that is blurred and confused becomes really important. This is perhaps the first generation ever where the parent, the adult, is not really able to give the child clarity about what tomorrow is likely to look like. And that security which a child normally gets from its parent is something we can't even give. We can't give the child. We don't have it ourselves. So we'll develop principles in Bova Metzia as how to cope with that. In trying to design this overture, I thought to myself, let me take inspiration from others who've created an overture for, for Bova Metzia, for Nezikin. And particularly, I started with the Tur, who writes the Choshen Mishpat, which is the foundation of the Shukhan Aruch and laws of of, of finance and commerce. How does he open Choshen Mishpat? And he opens it with a Mishnah from Pirkei Avot. In Pirkei Avot, Rabbi Shimon Min Gamliel Omer, Al Shlosha Dvarim HaOlam Omeid, the world stands on three things, Al Hadin, Al Haemet, Al Shalom. Justice, truth, peace. The world is, is like a three-legged stool. If any one of these three legs is missing, it collapses. A four-legged stool can manage with one leg missing. When there are three legs, if one is missing, it collapses. And these are the three legs. So that's the overture. If you really want to start with an overture to, to say, the Ezekiel, an overture to Bova Matthias specifically, it's Rabban Shimon Ben Gamliel. On that, the tour brings that, and he says, in the name of Rabbeinu Yona, Ein perusho shebishvil gimel dvarim elu nivra It's not that before these three things the world is created. This is not talking about the purpose of the world, because that's already dealt with in the beginning of the parak when it says al gimel dvarim haolam omed. The world stands on three on three different things. That's a different topic. Here it's haolam kayam. There it talks about Torah and avodah and gemilut chasadim. That's why the world was created to give space for Torah, for service of God, and for kindness to one another. This is not about the purpose of existence. This is about the, continua the continuation of existence. That means, Now that the universe has been created, its continued existence depends on the synthesis of these three dimensions, law, truth, and peace. And this, says the Tur, is what the Chazal mean when they say, Kol hadan din emet amito. If a person makes a true judgment, and he goes in later on to talking about what emet amito really means, if a person makes a true judgment, 
He is as if in partnership with God in the creation of the world. Because you're creating a future. That's why it's the creation of the world. You're now dealing in a murky, in a murky blurred present. Somebody's coming and claiming that the house you're living in is his. Now we've got we, clarity is loss. Somebody is claiming that the, the money you have does not belong to you. It belongs to him. Now there's, there's lack of clarity. And we discussed yesterday how the heart, as Rabbi Yochanan says, the heart is talui bakis, kola evarim tluyim balev. The whole human body draws from the heart and the heart draws from the wallet. Where, where one's, when one's money is in a state of confusion, when one's business is in a state of confusion, one's whole mind space is in a state of confusion. And when a judge comes and brings clarity, he creates a new future. He creates a future where there was no possibility of one before. And in that he is a shutaf with Hashem. The other source of inspiration that I looked at was the Ktsos HaKhoshin. The Ktsos HaKhoshin devoted almost his entire life to clarifying Khoshin Mishpat, these laws of, of Nazikin. And he wrote the Ktsos HaKhoshin as his classical sefer. And in his introduction, he quotes the Medrash from Parashas Breshis. We've spoken about this before. That when the Rebunshim wanted to create Adam, humankind, four groups of angels got together and argued the matter out they debated. Chesed said, sure, we should have a human being, otherwise who will do kindness in the world? Emet said, well, how can you have a human being who's going to introduce falsehood into the world? Tzedek, righteousness, says, but who's going to do tzedakah? Who's going to be charitable? Shalom, peace, says, but what's the point of having human beings? If you have more than one human being in the world, you're going to have machloket, you're going to have differences of, of opinion. So now there's 50-50. He hasn't got a majority. The Rebunisham wants to, to run the world, so to say, democratically. He wants all of these forces to be involved in this creation. So the takes emes out and throws it down to the ground. Say the angels, look what you've just thrown out. Emes is your signature. It's your seal. You stand for truth. You've just thrown truth out of all of us. Did you have to throw truth out? Says the Rebbeinu Let truth come up again from the earth. Explains the Ktsuis HaKhoshin. That doesn't mean God was changed his mind. He said, oh my goodness, you're right. Let Emet come back up. Back up. What it means is, Emet me Eretz Titzmach. I need a different kind of truth. If we're going to operate with Shalom, if we're going to have Chesed and Tzedek and Shalom, then the truth in the world has to be a truth that is crafted by human intelligence, not by God-given instruction. It's not about absolute truth. I don't want the world to be run by fundamentalists. I don't want the world to be run by rigid people who are not able to adapt and develop, and, and people who are not agile, people who are not resilient and flexible in their thinking. I'll give them the frameworks of thought, which is the Torah, but they then need to apply it. They need to work with the Torah in each generation according to what's needed by that generation. It says the A human being rooted on earth cannot really grasp absolute truth. That's a contradiction in terms. You can't be a human being and grasp absolute truth as it applies universally and cosmically. It's totally beyond you. And therefore... And therefore what I want is for the world to, 
to operate. But if it, if it operates based on human opinion, people just giving their opinions, then also you, you have no truth. So what do we do here? The human being can't grasp reality, and the human being can't function without reality. What do you do? Explains the Ktsesachrish in the Medrash. I want the Chachomim, using the principles of the Torah that I will give them, to apply their human intellect to the principles of the Torah and to develop truth from a human perspective by which I undertake to govern the world. And the brocha we said this morning of the Rebunishum gave us inside us the intuition, the intellect, the wisdom, the tools to be able to reason intellectually, intelligently, and get to intelligent conclusions and solutions. And that becomes a really important part of Pesach Halacha, the way we apply Halacha. And that we have to be very careful to see that Halacha doesn't become rigid, that Halacha doesn't become fundamentalist. And that's part of the problem with written law as opposed to oral law. Oral law is dynamic. Oral law allows for evolution. And written law doesn't. On the other hand, oral law allows for everybody to just give their own opinion, even if it's unfounded in Torah principles. So we have to see that people are trained, that the Chachomim are trained, both in character and honesty, integrity, and in skills, to be able to take the principles of the Torah, gain deep understanding of the reality of the world in which we live and the time in which we live, and synthesize the principles of the Torah and the reality of our era into an approach that develops an MS, a truth by which God is willing to, to bind himself. That's where we are. And that's what we learn in Bova Metziah. We learn in Bova Metziah how to do that. How to look at, at hopeless situations where we don't have the, the knowledge. For example, our very first Mish, Mishnah. Shnayim ochzim betalit. One of the Mishnahs, we start teaching little children in Cheder. Two people, remember Mishnah is always case study. We learn by case study, by experiential learning. We don't learn by theory. What's the case? We create a picture for the child or for the child in us as adults. Two people are standing, I walk by and they're fighting over a, over a talis, over a garment. And each one says, this is mine. I, I found it. It was in the street. It clearly doesn't belong to anybody. And I picked it up. And this other person came and grabbed it while it's mine. And they're both still holding on to it. He says, no, I picked it up. He came and grabbed it. You look around. Is there, are there any witnesses? Did anybody see what happened? There's nobody. The human mind has no capacity to resolve this because we have no knowledge. The past is unknowable. We can't know. There are no adim, there are no witnesses. It is not possible to know what actually happened. So the past is not a help in determining the future. What about the present? The present's confusing. They're both holding on to it. Each one claims it's theirs. Also doesn't help. So now you're living in a present which is confused with a past that is unknowable, having to walk forward into a future. 
That's our times. Isn't that our times? Aren't we living in Schneim, Oetzim, Betalis, Zermer? Everybody, the left says, I've got the answer. The right says, I've got the answer. The religious say, we've got the answer. The secular say, we've got the answer. Schneim, Oetzim, Betalis. This describes our world in which we're living in, ideologically. Each one saying, Kulo Shili, this is all mine. I need it, Satya. I created it. I invented it. I found it. And what do you do? Who's right? Human being doesn't have the capacity to clarify the past and extrapolate it into the future or to clarify the present. Says the Mishnah, each one has to take an oath that they have at least half. Each one has to say, I, I claim it's all mine, but for sure half of it is mine. We'll discuss the Shua on, on Dafgimel tomorrow in Yatashev. And then they've got to divide it. Is division a true solution? Well, it might be. They might have picked it up simultaneously. It might, in fact, be both of theirs. But it could have been Ruven's 100%, and it could be Shimon's 100%. So what have we done here? We've used Shalom, and we've thrown Emet out. We've done what Hashem did. We've used, we've said the important thing is to create a peaceful solution. They can both accept, you know what, we don't have an ability to, under, to resolve this. So let's, let's share it. That's something everybody can understand. So we've got Shalom. Even though we don't, have, we don't have MS, we don't have absolute truth, but we can go forward with clarity. You sell it and you divide the proceeds 50-50 and they're able to go, go forward. So in this way, we've got Din, Emet and Shalom. We've got the Emet as the Ktos HaChoshin defines MS, that kind of truth. We've got Din because there was a decision that clarified and we've got shalom, we've got everybody's peaceful and happy. That's how our Masechta opens. Isn't that beautiful to see how the Masechta opens? Says Rashi, but what about Hamotzi Mechavera Olavaraya? Two days ago we learned about the importance of Hamotzi Mechavera Olavaraya, the person who's muhzak, who's holding on. You can't just come and claim and then Yachloku, everybody you'll go back to the Rolex watch. Your Rolex watch is mine. Okay, let's share it 50-50. That's not a solution, explains Rashi. That's in a case where one is muhzak, you wearing the Rolex watch, and I come and challenge your ownership. Then we say, bring a proof. Until you bring a proof, until you bring a proof, what? What does that mean? Until you bring a proof, do we know for sure that it's your Rolex, that you didn't steal it from him? We don't know that for sure. But we make an assumption about the future. So the one way of dealing with the future when there are equal chazokas, when both have equal claim in the present, but we're not sure, is Yachloka, we create a peaceful solution. If only one is holding it, only one has Chazoka, then we say we still don't know what the truth is. Once there's a claim, there's murkiness. Once there's a claim, there's blurriness. But what we can say is, we're going to make an assumption it's yours. You're wearing it, it's your watch, you've been wearing it for weeks, for months, for years. We're going to assume that it's yours until the other person can bring proof to the contrary. So we move into the future with clarity by using the tool of assumption, chazoke. We make an assumption even though we don't have absolute truth. That's the emet amito that the tourist is talking about and that the ktsosachoshin is talking about, this ability to, to craft an emes that works, a truth that, that works. The Gemara goes on to say, the Mishnah is talking about another case as well, which is Mekah Omemka. What happens if each person says, I bought it? One says, I bought it from, from the store. That one says, I bought it from the store. And, and for various reasons, the Gemara clarifies, we can't determine which, which, what, what actually the truth is. In such a case also, you'll divide it, the same as in the case of Metziah, finding it in the street. 
And says Rashi, that's specifically in the case of purchase. But if each one claims I manufactured it, then we don't split it. Because that wouldn't bring peace. Because each one says I manufactured, that ca they can't possibly both be right. That both of them bought it is a possibility. And the Gemara describes how. That both of them found it simultaneously is a possibility. But that both of it manufactured it in their respective factories, one in China and one in the Philippines, can't be. So one is lying. To now divide it would be completely unjust and unfair, and you won't have peace, because the one who really did manufacture it will always know that the thief got away with 50%. So we can't do that. So what do we do then, says Rashi? We take it away from both of them, and we wait until Mashiach comes. In other words, we just we can't resolve this, and, and we put it aside, so no, nobody has it. The third element here is the element of Sumchus that we need to know as we get into the Masechta. Sumchus says, fascinatingly, he's, he doesn't even go with this idea of bring a proof. He says, back to the Rolex watch, yes, you're wearing the Rolex watch. In such a case, I would have to bring a proof. But if there's Drara de Mamona, which Tosfus defines as being a case where the doubt, the, the blurriness is, exists even without the claims. So it's not that I claimed it from you, now we have a problem in Bayesdin. Just by looking, I see two people holding onto a talus in the street, I know there's a problem. I don't, I don't need much more than, than that, I can already see there's a problem. I don't need their, their claims in court to know that there's a problem. When there's Drara de Mamona, and their claims are equal, each, each one is either certain that they are the owner, or both of them are not certain that they are the owner. So their claims, their certainty, their level of certainty is equal. Their, their physical possession is equal. In such a case, we, we go with Yachloka, no, we, we don't even go with Hamotzi Michaver al So the Sumchus introduces the idea of splitting 50-50 much earlier in the process than the Chachomim do. So at the moment, we, we, we're going to have other solutions too, but at the moment we have the idea of yachloku, we, of, of splitting 50-50, both according to Sumchus and in certain cases according to the Chachamim. We have the case of hamotzi michaveru alavaraya. We make an assumption about the future because we cannot clarify the present. And the third case is where we throw our hands up and say there is no way we can gain any clarity about what really happened and therefore we can gain no clarity about the future in this particular case clearly somebody's lying and we have no instruments by which to determine who is the liar in such a case we take it away from both of them and once again life can continue with certainty we're certain that nobody has a right to it and we can and we can get over the argument and start moving into the future in all of these cases, these are vehicles that we use to create a clear future out of a blurry past. And the creation of that future makes us shutafim like It's as if we're starting anew, we're starting afresh. And it's very important that we develop that capacity sometimes when things are murky and uncertain to be able to draw a line and be able to move forward. Do we know for sure what the future is? No. Do we know for sure what the past was? No. But we have a way of moving forward with certainty. We don't have to live in doubt for the rest of our lives. The creation of a clear future out of a blurred past is the creation of my separations.